Welcome to the podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse Tabernacle. You can find out more about our church at lighthouseofmaslin.com or join us for worship Sundays at 11. We pray this message will be a blessing to you. to know a little bit in advance uh, just for my sake and uh, <laughs> I learned to preach by Bishop informing me at the same time as everyone else Nick will be preaching tonight and by tonight he meant right then <laughs> so <laughs> I'm more comfortable than most uh, from uh, the hip and then I was going to bed and I asked the Lord again I said I, I want to know what to tell just told me surrounded brother Azzalini was here a few weeks ago he touched on the story and it had brought a sermon I preached a long time ago to my mind and so I'm going to teach for a few seconds and then I'll preach let's read 2 Kings chapter 6 actually scratch that let's go to the book of Revelation chapter 12 in verse 3 <coughs> some things are best to approach backward Revelation chapter 12 and verse 3 and there appeared another wonder in heaven now you, you've got to understand John is on the Isle of Patmos and he is see, he is seeing visions of what is to come, what is going on now. And he's bring the Lord's bringing what has happened in the past and he's bringing it all to get us to a point of understanding. And this is what John wrote and there appeared another wonder in heaven and behold a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. Notice that. His tail drew a third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to earth. Jude chapter 6. Jude, there's only one chapter. Jude Verse 6. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation. He hath reserved in everlasting change, chains under darkness, under the judgment of the great day. This is talking about the same event. He drew a third. Lucifer drew a third. Of the stars. 
Do you understand the importance of that number? The specificness of that number? Do you realize if I have a third and you have two-thirds, you have twice as much as I do. And if I have two-thirds of something and you only have a third of it, guess what? I have twice as much as you do. A third of the angels fell. Half did not fall. A third fell. Do you know what that means this morning? For every demon in hell, there are two angels in heaven warring on our behalf. You need to get that down in your heart. For every demon in hell, there are two angels in heaven. 2 Kings chapter 6 and verse 16. This is the prophet Elisha. And he answered, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. For they that be with us are more than they that be with them. I want to talk to you this morning on the subject surrounded surrounded lift your hands and your voices with me Jesus I worship you I thank you for the confidence and the boldness I feel in your spirit Lord I give you glory and I give you honor and praise in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name in Jesus name you may be seated Now, the Lord has been working on me for a long while now. It's been well over a year and a half, approaching two years of a long journey of getting an understanding of the, the supernatural realm and the things that we face and that are warring against us. I, I preached on it here. But you know, preaching at home is not always received the same as somewhere else. <laughs> I preached on it in Green Bay. Bishop Ellis called me. He was just there again. And uh, the pastor's wife of one of the daughter works, Sister Arkan. Uh, when I talked about my journey and what I went through and the battles that I've won, she wasn't even able to be there for the service, but she turned it on online. And when, when, I, when I went through that, she said it clicked. That's it? That's it? Went to her room and prayed, and that spirit of fear that had tormented her since she was 10 years old. Never told anybody because she was the minister's wife. She's the mother. She's supposed to be strong. That spirit that had tormented her since she was 10 years old left. And it has never come back. The thing the enemy fears most is you understanding who you are. The thing that terrifies him more than anything is you gaining knowledge and understanding about how it really lies in the heavenly places. You want proof of that? 
James says you believe that there's one God. You do well. The devils also believe. And they tremble. They tremble. You hear that? It scares them to the point of shaking. Have you ever been that scared? There's been a few times in my life I was so scared. I, I literally shook, almost got, my whole family almost got wiped out by a logging truck. My wife, we had to dodge, go off the road. And, and Caitlin said, are, are you going to go? I said, I need a minute. Hands just. Hey, there's been a few times I've been that scared. But you understand, every time that you talk about the oneness of God and who you know is inside of you, you strike fear into the very depths of hell. The thing he fears most is you understanding who you are. That's why he's called a deceiver. He's a deceiver. That has always been his tool. It's always been his weapon. He deceives. And he's really good at it. Think about it. He convinced a third. He's so good at it that he convinced a third of the angels who are there in heaven, who see it all go down, convinces them that they can overthrow God. The man could sell snow to people living in igloos. He's a deceiver. And that's what he does. And so what he fears is you getting a revelation of what the truth is. Because truth is a light that makes darkness flee. And a mind once enlightened can never be darkened again. I, I want to read a few things for you. I want to read is that same chapter of Revelation. It's verse 9 of Revelation chapter 12. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, who deceiveth the whole world. He was cast down into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. A serpent. Did you ever wonder why in Mark 16, 17, it says this, And these signs, these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. They shall take up serpents. Now, there is a small group of folks in Appalachia that thinks that you need a pet rattler. And part of, you know, you don't bring a tambourine to church. Thank you for not bringing a tambourine to church. But they take it. You don't need a tambourine. They're just whipping rattlers. I don't think they actually whip the rattlers. You know, people, I, I, I've been accused, the funniest story about Bishop that I, 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 he didn't get told enough was he was evangelizing in the South, and on the way he saw, you know, one of those roadside attractions, and it was Reptile Place. 
And so he pulled over, you know, and they had gators and they had rattlesnakes and the big snake pit. And what he didn't realize was that they put a bumper sticker on his car while he was in there. It said something like, I heart snakes. And he went on to preach at a, a I think it was a camp meeting. <laughs> and word got around that he was a snake handler. <laughs> All because he stopped by a roadside attraction. That's just when you see the world's biggest ball of yarn. Don't stop. I had someone ask if we are snake handlers. I said, buddy, I don't even know anyone who knows someone. Who knows someone who's a rattlesnake handler? You know, there might be a, a, a three degrees or four degrees of separation for everybody on earth. But when it comes to snake handlers, there's like seven degrees of separation. I don't know anybody. They take it out of context. Now, Paul was, was Paul protected from a snake when he was bit? Yes. It happened to Sister Shirley Cole. She was bit by a king cobra in Thailand, and she just shook it off, and she was fine. But that is not what that verse is talking about. you got to read the whole book in context. Look at Luke chapter 10 and verse 19. Behold, I give unto you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. The demon that Paul cast out of that young girl who would tell fortunes. If you look at it in the Greek, it was the spirit of Pythos. It was a snake spirit. He is the serpent. We've got to understand the power that Jesus gave to you is a power that treads the enemy under your feet. You have power over every devil in hell. They cannot touch you. They cannot hurt you. They are weak. But our God is strong. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Greater. Greater. Deception is a real thing. You know, during the Second World War, they made all kinds of blow-up inflatable tanks, planes. They made all sorts of stuff out on the ground and make it look like, they, like the English and the Americans had all these weapons that they didn't have. They just stuck them out so the Germans flying over went, oh boy. It's all smoke and mirrors. I read one time that they, they, to trick the Russians, they, they just turned on a microphone in front of a TV with a static symbol, a static signal, and just let the Russians spend years trying to decode that static. Surely there's a secret message in here. Deception. Illusion. Our enemy uses it against us well. But if we can understand, it will free your heart and free your mind. Let me tell you, there's something wonderful being fear-free. When you're looking at someone who is free from fear for the first time in 22 years, 
And let me tell you, it's a glorious feeling. The Syrians are waging war against Israel. But something happens. Every time they try to move the army, Israel cuts them off. Every time they try to cut off Israel, Israel goes the other way. Israel is always one step ahead. And the Bible says it wasn't once or twice. It just kept happening until finally the king of Syria said, there's an Israeli spy among my men. Nothing he did would work. There was no tactic or strategy that would give him the slightest advantage until finally he brings them all together as leaders of the military and says, all right, which one of you is a mole? Which one of you is a double agent? Which of you is selling our secrets to the enemy? And the generals are terrified, they're fearful, they're going to be hung for treason or even worse. And finally they respond, it's not us! There's this dude named Elisha. And he's a prophet. And he tells the king of Israel, even the words you speak in your bed. Think about that. One of my favorite stories I ever heard about someone being sensitive to the spirit of God was about Sister Willie Johnson. A remarkable, wonderful woman. And... uh, Billy Cole and his father, J.C. Cole, are driving through West Virginia. And Billy Cole says, you know, Dad, Sister Willie lives here. She was an evangelist, a prophetess, a powerful woman of God. And his, Billy Cole's dad said, oh, Willie Johnson, all she ever wants to do is minister to the brokenhearted. They find her house, they pull in, they start walking up the sidewalk, and Sister Willie opens the door. It says, Brother Cole, somebody's got to minister to the brokenhearted. <laughs> they said she was so sensitive when she came to town. The reason they had such great revival is that everybody would repent before they got to church. There's the king of the Syrians. And he's laying in his bed. He said, you know what I'll do? I'm going to slip to the east and I'll get them Israelites. And Elisha sends word to the king of Israel. Hey, uh, they're going east. God is revealing everything to the prophet. Can you, you imagine that? You whisper in yourself alone and nothing's hid. So the king of Syria says, I want this man captured. Bring him to me. And in the middle of the night, the Syrian army marches to the little tiny town where Elisha is staying. And it wasn't a few troops, troops, but it says a great army. He didn't send a squadron. He didn't send a platoon. He sent the army. And they completely surround the city. Horses and chariots, soldiers with swords and spears. There's no way anyone could ever escape. And the generals laughed to themselves, we've got him now, boys. In the words of George W. Bush, we're going to smoke him out. 
sun rises. Servant of Elisha stretches. Walks out the door with a bucket to get some water. Rubbing the sleep on his eye. He drops that bucket. Hightails it back inside. Shakes. Elijah! Elijah! They're everywhere! I look to the right, they're there. I look to the left, they're there. I look to the south, they're there. I look to the north, they're there. Thousands upon thousands of soldiers, horses, and chariots. Everywhere we're surrounded. The city is surrounded. They found us, Elisha. Master, what are we going to do? <laughs> He's very calm. And the sleepy prophet simply responds as he stretches the sleep out. Don't be afraid. There's more with us than there is with them. But the hills are full. The valley's full. The city's surrounded. No. No. There's more of us than them. The servant must have been awful unbelieving. One of you and one of me makes two. There are thousands upon thousands of them. One, two. One, two. He took his shoes off, maybe miscount. One, one, two. Me, myself, and I, that's three. You, yourself, and. There's only two of us, and we're surrounded. No, there's more of us than there is of them. You see, what the servant didn't realize is when it is you and me plus Jesus, it's a whole lot more than three. You hear me? When it's me and you plus Jesus, we've always got the majority. When it's Jesus on our side, it doesn't matter how much it seems like the enemy's got you outnumbered. He's the one that's surrounded. And Elisha prays, Lord, open his eyes so he can see. This is something I want to happen someday for me. I just would like to get just a glimpse, just, just, just a moment to see it. I know there's people that can see into that realm. I, I, I haven't. I've had visions and things, but... I, I just, I just like, to, for the moment, I just like to have it just taken off once. Just, just get a gander at it. I mean, I, I felt the tug of the other side. I, I, I've known when angels were around. But I've never seen. I just like to have the, the blinders removed. There's just a thin veil between this world and the next. And the prophet prays a wonderful prayer. Lord, 
open his eyes and just let him see. And when he says that, the young man's eyes go wide as he gets a glimpse into the spirit realm. And he sees the mountains and the hills are filled with horses and chariots of fire and angelic warriors upon them. When he gets a glimpse of the spirit, he sees not only are they not outnumbered, but there is more for them than against them. Do you hear that? There's more for you than there are against you. There's more spiritual forces fighting for you than there are fighting against you you are not surrounded the enemy is surrounded When he gets it in the spirit, all of a sudden the situation isn't impossible anymore. When he looks through the eyes of the spirit, he realizes I don't need to be afraid. When you serve Jehovah Sabaoth, you serve the God of the armies. When you serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords, you are never, ever outnumbered. When Jesus is on your side, you are never alone. That's why God said in Hebrews 13, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such thing as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee and I will never forsake thee. Psalms 34, 7 says this, the angel of the Lord encampeth round about them that fear him and delivereth them. If you could see into this room today, you would see a minimum as many angels as there are people in here. They say two is a company and three is a crowd. But then everywhere I go, I have a crowd with me. Because everywhere I go as a child of God, Jesus is there and the Lord's angel is there. Everywhere... I go everywhere you go. You are accompanied by Jesus and his holy angels. When that young man's eyes were opened, he got a glimpse of what the spirit realm is really like. And the fear left. I'm telling you, if you would just begin to look through the eyes of the spirit of God, fear would leave you. Do you understand who you are? Do you understand the price tag upon you? He loves you. He died to save you. He gave you his spirit. You are valuable to him. And he will never, ever leave you never leave you you know what happened when after that servant got a glimpse God struck the whole army blind and Elisha led him out the wrong way <laughs> oh Elisha yeah he's this way fellas <laughs> and you can say well that's Elisha and he's one of the greatest prophets that ever lived what about me a glimpse of the spirit world isn't a one-time thing. 
The next chapter, we read the Syrians have attacked again, and they besiege the city of Samaria. The city's surrounded, and the people inside the walls are beginning to starve. It gets to the point that a donkey's head is selling for 80 pieces of silver, a cup of dove's dung, just bird droppings, sells for five pieces of silver. The people are turning to cannibalism, cannibalizing their own children. There's no food, there's no hope, there's no way out. But just outside the gate of the city, stuck between two terrible places, were four lepers. These men were in the city because of their disease, but they are pinned down because of the Syrian army. They are literally between a rock and a hard place. These men are covered in scars from their sickness, oozing sores, missing fingers and toes. And on top of all that, they're starving to death. And they call a meeting. Fellas, if we stay here, we're going to die. If we go into the city, we're going to starve to death and die. The only chance we have is to walk into the enemy's camp. And the worst that can happen is they kill us quickly. But we're going to die no matter what, so we might as well try. You know, great things happen when you get that. Got nothing else to lose. So in the morning, with nothing to lose, these four leprous men start heading toward the Syrian camp. But something happens as they walk. God unmuffles the ears of the enemy. And he doesn't let them see into the heavenly realm, but he lets them hear the heavenly realm. He just takes the earplugs out, unstuffs their ears. He opened the servant's eyes, but he opened the enemy's ears. And as these four lepers start walking towards the camp, the Syrian soldiers hear an army coming. It says they heard the sound of marching and horses winning and chariot wheels rolling. It wasn't a small sound, but it was the sound of a multitude. It was the sound of the army of the Lord. It was the sound of angels on the march. It was the sound of those fiery horses and chariots. And the ground began to rumble with the sound of heaven. And those Syrians who thought they had surrounded Their enemy were the ones that were surrounded by God. And fear strikes the heart of the soldiers and they scream. They've hired the Hittites and the Egyptians. They think they're here in a heavenly army. But there's so many of them, they don't even think it can be one army. It's got to be two armies. Two to one, fellas. And the soldiers don't pack, they don't saddle their horses, they don't even take the food off the fire, they don't get dressed, they just jump up screaming and running as fast as they can. Expecting to be cut down by the sword at any second. And when the lepers get there, they're not being yelled at. 
There's no soldiers pointing spears at them. Nobody's putting on handcuffs or chains. There isn't the slice of the sword across their belly, but there is the smell of breakfast in the air. And they walk into the first tent and they see a hot meal already cooked on the fireplace. And they sit down and they eat right there in the midst of the enemy's camp. I'm glad to know my book still reads, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Let me tell you, you might feel surrounded, but the enemy is the one that's surrounded. It happened with David. He fights the Philistines in one place. They take off to another. And they set up in the valley of Rephaim. And he asked the Lord, Lord, do I march against them? He said, no. But you see them mulberry trees over there. Yeah. Go up over there. Now, the only thing I've seen in a mulberry tree was a baby raccoon. But there's something else in those mulberry trees. He tells David, he said, when you hear the sound of marching, go. So David and his men, they back themselves up in the mulberry trees. And all of a sudden you hear, You hear the horses, you hear the chariot wheels, but it's not on the ground. It's up above the mulberry trees. It's the angels of the Lord marching into battle with them. And when the angels of the Lord show up, victory was assured. Let me tell you something today. You need to get your eyes open. You need to get your ears tuned to heaven. There's more for you than there are against you. Jesus is on your side. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Surrounded. Surrounded. The writer of Hebrews said it this way, being surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Surrounded. Think of the things that you have seen. Think of the things God has done for you. Think of the things that you know God has done for other people. Start thinking about all the times God has delivered you. All the times God put the pieces together when there was no way for him to go back together. All the times God healed you. All the times he made a way when there was no way. All the times he provided. And get to understand it. God is on your side. He's on your side. I'm glad to be on team Jesus, but Jesus is on team Nick. And Jesus is on your side. He's invested in you. He cares about you. But you let the enemy beat you up. You let him whisper. You look around in this room, you think, well, 30-some thousand in Maslin, another 30-some thousand in Perry. 
What's this small group against so many? You start figuring out, you know, 120 some churches, apostolic churches in Ohio. Well, that's the UPC one. So let's round up to 200 in Ohio, but there's 12 million people. And the whisper of the enemy starts saying, What are you amongst so many? But what you got to understand. is heaven's marching orders have been given. And the troops are marching out on our behalf. Because there are words that must be fulfilled. It shall come to pass in the last day, saith the Lord. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy and your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions and on your servants and on your handmaidens in those days will I pour out my spirit, saith the Lord. And all that comes from letting us know, rejoice and be glad then you children of Zion for the Lord and your God has given you the former rain moderately and he will cause to come down for you the rain, the former rain and the latter rain in the first month I come to tell somebody this morning you might feel surrounded but heaven's army is on the march heaven's army is on the move it's time to get your fight back it's time to get your fight back fight for your babies fight for your family Fight for your friends. Fight for those co-workers. Fight for your neighbors. It's time to get your fight back. Why do you think hell has pulled out all the stops? Why do you think it's barreling at top speed? Things we never thought could happen are happening like that. Why? Because he knows He's surrounded. He knows the pit is getting really close. He can hear the rattle of the chains that have been waiting in heaven for 6,000 years being taken off the wall to be wrapped around his legs. Heaven is on the march. Heaven is on the march. I'm telling you, I'm speaking in the Holy Ghost this morning. We are nervous because we're seeing the effects of hell down here. But what you got to understand is Satan is terrified and the demons are terrified because heaven is on the march. He's still the Lord of hosts. You know what the Lord of hosts means? Host of armies. Armies, plural. And heaven... Is on the march. And he's releasing things. Jesus is releasing things that have been held back for this day. They've been held back for our day. And they're being turned loose. And you need to get your ears. Why do you think fear has been dialed up so much? 
He's trying to scare you into not seeing what's going on. But the Lord's going to start opening some eyes. And you're going to start seeing there's more for me than there are against me. There's more for me than there are against me. There's more for me than there are against me. Say, but it's so bad. That's all right. Greater. Greater. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. You are surrounded this morning, but it's not by the enemy. Scripture tells us you're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses. Jesus said, you're always saying there's four months and then it'll be harvest time. He said, look up. Look around you. You're surrounded by a harvest field that's ready. Lift up your eyes for the fields are white and ready to harvest. We are surrounded. We're surrounded by the promises of God, the power of God, the army of God, the word of God, and the great harvest he has promised us. It's just time to start seeing differently. Lord, open their eyes and let them see. God is working with you. He's on your side. Stand with me. And I want you to lift your hands and your voices with me. Jesus, I love you. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. I worship you, Jesus. Lord, I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you, Jesus. I worship you. Oh, I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, I worship you. I wish you could see what God is doing, working on the hearts of those loved ones you've been praying for. I wish you could take a glimpse into seeing the battle that's going on for those people that you've been praying and fasting and seeking the Lord for. Heaven's army is on the march, and they're fighting on your behalf. battle is ours our victory is assured all we have to do is keep fighting keep fighting and if we'll fight God will fight with us and he's a lot bigger and tougher than anybody else you know it must be kind of sad be a warrior angel because a great battle is promised at the end of the world all of heaven Jesus will come 
will be with him and all of heaven armies behind marching towards that great and final battle. And in the biggest battle ever, when all of hell unleashes its fear, do you know not one angel will get to, to make a slice with his sword? Because before we ever touch the ground, the Lord will just open his mouth and destroy it all. You cannot lose. You cannot lose. You cannot lose. Do you hear me? It's not that you might survive or possibly win, but you cannot lose. Yea, and all the, what shall we say then? How are we going to figure it out? How are we going to sum it up? In all these things, we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors. You're surrounded today, but it's not by your enemy. You're surrounded by the armies of a God that's fighting on your behalf. The angel of the Lord encamps round about you. The spirit of Jesus is with you always. There's a crowd in this room today. I want you to lift your hands and your voices with me. Jesus, I worship you. Jesus, I worship you. I worship you. I worship you. Come on, lift your voice. Let God unplug your ears. Let him open up your eyes and realize how much he's been fighting for you. He's on your side. Lord, I worship you, Jesus. I worship you. I love you, Jesus. I worship you. Fighting back inside of you. 